Okay, BFFs, before we get into this conversation, I have to tell you what our friends at Target are up to. Through their Black Beyond Measure campaign, Target is celebrating and elevating Black success all year round. Did you see the HBCU design contest? The designs were in the stores last month and they were beautiful. And you've got to check out the Buy Black Product Hub. It is absolutely my favorite site to grab goodies for my home decor needs and they even have black owned candles there are hundreds of black owned products on the site and i cannot stop going there if you want to learn more about how target continues to support black entrepreneurs students and creatives visit target.com forward slash black beyond measure welcome to my new bff a part of the black love podcast network i'm cody elaine oliver Mama, wife, co-creator of Black Love. And today I'm so excited to talk to a writer and director of TV and film. You know, we both USC grads and a brand new mama. I can hear my friend Slim in the background. I'm so excited. Y'all have no idea. The one and only Tempe Banks. Hi. And hi from Slim's hand. Hi, Slim. Hello. Hi, Tempe. (laughs) How are you? Oh, I feel so honored to be doing this podcast. I feel famous. <laughs> We've been talking about doing this forever. Yes. I'm glad we are doing it now, though, because I feel yeah. like a lot has happened. Me too. <laughs> so typically I start with like how I know you, right? I have been in LA since 2007 and I went to USC 07 to 09 and my friend Portia called me and was like, my man's best friend, Tembi, is coming out to USC, to Hollywood, background at Essence Magazine, among other places, but you were going to grad school to study film and she was connecting Mm -hmm. us and the rest is really history because we've been like, like locked up ever since. So tight and... and (laughs) And yes, yes. I was so excited to meet people here because mm-hmm. I knew no one. And so I was really excited that there was someone who had gone to the same school and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was anxious to keep my dates then, right? I was like, <laughs> okay, when I get there, let's go out to mm-hmm. lunch. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, I am me and you know, I'm all about love. So the first question I have for mm-hmm. you is who has taught you the most about love? Well, of course, Slim, right? Mm -hmm. I think in general, he's taught me the most about the intricacies of love, like like patience and understanding and what the bigger picture is. And so I think that all falls into the category of love and being able to love. And then I'd probably say Hank, because he's such a different person from Mm -hmm. me and being in a relationship with him, I've learned a lot about love as well. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm glad you went there. I'm glad you went there because we have a lot to discuss, Mm -hmm. right? I love talking with people on this show because it's an opportunity I mean, usually to get beyond what the world knows you for. And I think that the world knows you Mm -hmm. as primarily a TV director, Mm -hmm. short films, and now your big announcement a couple of weeks ago, directing a film starring Cardi B. But but before all of that, underneath all of that, you are a woman who, when I met you, were like, and still are, but you were very career focused. You were like, I ain't got time for no distractions, no Mm -hmm. man, no this. I mean, like so hardcore that when we all were at the BET experience. It was the awards weekend. mm -hmm, 
Uh-huh. We were standing on a rooftop party. And there was this yes. cutie patootie. And I think you were like, oh, yeah, you know, he tried to date me or whatever. I was like, he cute, girl. What's going on? You're like, oh, I don't know. I was like, who is this guy? And, you know, everybody knew him because he's a writer and, you know, all our friends, writer, director, et cetera. Yeah. So Hank is his name. And you were not trying to give Hank the time of day, girl. <laughs> like at all. I- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I was just not interested in dating. Yeah. Period. And so like the first like couple times he asked me out, I was like, no, thanks. And then like when you saw us that day, that was like, we had started dating and we started hanging out. But yeah, you know, I was still very much taking things like slowly and, you know, just not necessarily gushing, you know, I yes. never, you know, I wasn't like, oh, we're getting married, you know, I was just yes. like, oh yeah, we're dating and we'll see where it happens. <laughs> Yes. I feel like you were closed off. At least, you know, that was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So why would you say that was at that time? And when when was this? You know, when you you talk about like when you and I were introduced, Mm -hmm. that was before I even moved to L.A. I knew I was coming to L.A., but it was before I moved there. Mm -hmm. And I spent like when I was, you know, still in New York, I felt like a lot of time figuring things out, like Mm -hmm. as far as my next move. And then, you know, once I knew that. I wanted to make this career shift. It felt like a lot to conquer Mm -hmm. and to do. And so because of that, you know, I always tend to put pressure on myself because of that. I felt like, oh my gosh, when I get there, you know, I I don't want to waste time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, school is already like this big chunk of time, this Mm -hmm. three years that I'm dedicating to learning and growing. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of the journey, but not necessarily doing, right? And so I just felt like... I didn't have a lot of time to waste. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was just going to be super focused on film and TV and, and growing professionally. You know, that last summer that I was in New York, I like enjoyed myself and had the best time. And mm-hmm. I still think about like all the you know memories I had of just like going out every night and, and, you know, being super social. And so by the time I got to LA, I was like, oh, I've gotten all that out of my blood. Now it's time to like hunker down and focus. And I feel like, you know, relationships and all that kind of stuff can be so distracting. So I just really did not want to have any distractions away from my goal. Mm-hmm. So that was that was really it. You were transitioning from marketing. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And, and what did you want to mm-hmm. do at the time when you were coming out here? It's interesting. At the time, I thought, you know, I will write and direct and produce and even act because, you know, I used Mm -hmm. to, that's in my background. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'll do all those things. But the catch was, I was like, I'll do those things. I'll come back to New York and do those things. Mm -hmm. I won't be staying in LA because I'm such a New Yorker. Oh yeah, I remember that too. So I just said, you know, (laughs) what'd you say? I remember that. You were like not trying to be here at all. (laughs) <laughs> no. So I was like, New York is my home. I'm going to come back and be a New York filmmaker like Spike and Sydney Lumet and, and you know, the man whose name we won't be saying, Schmitty Schmallen. And I was like, I love all those people. And I'll be doing what they did. That was a major difference is that I'd be doing everything I'm doing, but from New York, I would move yeah. back. So that was another reason why I was just like, I got to soak up everything I can from LA because I'm going to be out of here, you know? <laughs> okay, um, fair. But I think, the, yeah, yeah. And I think also the other thing is, is that I've never been a person who, you know, like when you're younger, you know, and, and you have like those friends who are like super boy crazy and mm-hmm. relationships are like super important and they always want to like be dating or talking to a guy or, you know, have some type of like male presence in their life. Like I was never that person. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not that person that feels 
fulfilled if I have, you know, a significant other. Like I'm very, I'm very solitary. I enjoy, you know, my autonomy. I was raised as an only child. I'm not an only child. I was raised as an only child. So I just have, and I have like so much independence. Mm -hmm. So all of that plays into why I'm also just never been that person that's been jumping to be into something, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Fair. So this was like, how many years ago did you guys start dating? Five. Five. Wow. I was, I was trying to think of it like, was I pregnant? Yeah. Was Brooks here? But okay, five years ago. Yeah. So could you say like, what was the thing that switched it for you? Where you felt like you could make space for this person in your life? There was like an ease of hanging out with him, being with him. I did not want anything that felt difficult mm-hmm. or... Like, you know, both of us were trying too hard or that there wasn't really any connection Mm -hmm. or energy there. It just feels like very simple and easy to be around this person, hang out with Mm -hmm. them, talk to them. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's what made it feel to me like, oh, well, I can just like slide into this journey because there's no real issues or hangups, you know? Yeah. I love it. You know, like when you start dating somebody and you're like, oh, I really like this person, but this, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Like there wasn't like a big like, but there's this thing, you know, there was no issues. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, I honestly yeah. get so like warm and fuzzy every time I think about like how you were just completely opposed to distractions and uh-huh. now, okay, four and a half month old baby, we got us a husband, yes. you know, like it's just, yes. it's just such a difference and I'm just so happy to mm-hmm. see y'all so loving and cute and just growing your lives oh thank you I love that that makes you so happy it so does you have no idea okay so just like I know that it. I get the warm and fuzzies just every time I see y'all oh, smiling <laughs> thank you and I know Hank is happy thank like you. I think I I think I get the warm and fuzzies because I know that Hank was like so tuned in. He was like, nah, Timby's mine. You know what I mean? Like he knew before you knew. Yes. And so it he makes did. me happy. He did. You got to be grateful that, you know, you're with a significant other that just knows because sometimes mm-hmm. they're the ones that are like making sure that things happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good thing too, that, that Hank was so open, even in my closed offness. Yeah. So now- so much has like so much has happened in positive ways. And of course, yes. you know, this industry is hard, but I mean, can you like say some shows that you've written for, some shows that you've directed? Like a lot, a lot's going on here. So my the, the most recent show that I wrote on um is Only Murders in the Building. Mm-hmm. It's on Hulu with Steve Martin and Martin Short. And mm-hmm. it's crazy because I feel like that's like my first show that has become like a pop cultural hit, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like you feel like everyone's watching and everyone loves it. And for a minute there, when it first came out, I was getting no lie, a message a day from somebody saying, Oh my gosh, I love this show. <laughs> I see that you wrote on it. So that was yeah. like a really great feeling, right? When you yeah. work on that type of show. I directed Love Life, mm-hmm. which is on HBO Max. That's another show that people have been really excited about and buzzing about and people are like, oh my gosh, I saw you direct a love life. That's my new favorite show. So that's been really rewarding. And I did two episodes of a show called Work in Progress, which mm-hmm. had me in Chicago mm-hmm. earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And um and, and I did an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. And Insecure. Yes. And so Insecure <laughs> was my very first episode of TV that okay. I directed. That's amazing. And meanwhile, yeah. so you're doing all this writing, directing, and obviously over the past several years, and then you kept doing it eight months pregnant out here 
showing folks how it's done. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what? When I have my next child, something tells me, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be doing that. Mm. I'll, it, when I look back at what I was doing, I was directing Love Life at eight months pregnant and I was just moving around like it was all good. <laughs> I mean, I had swollen feet and I started to feel pressure, but I was still comfortable enough where I could just be like hopping out of the chair, mm -hmm. running over, running back, you know, doing all this stuff. So I don't know how I had this energy. Slim was just like cooperating. Yeah. So I was able to do it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I know that, you know, he was born in, was it July? Yes. Okay. So in July, and I think you worked like right up into it and then started working, mm -hmm. I think shortly thereafter. What has mm -hmm. surprised you about this transition to like being a mom of a new baby while also, cause, cause you're not just like working, um, on sets, being a filmmaker, being a writer, mm -hmm. director is like having to sit at home and write, having to find that quiet time, having to find that focus like the mm -hmm. brain capacity and then to like set up new things. So it's, what been, it's been the hardest thing ever. Oh my goodness. Finding the time and a rhythm and then realizing that rhythm changes because mm -hmm. he's constantly growing. And so you having to adjust to that. And then the other part that's really hard is he has opinions, which say he has opinions. Yeah. He does. <laughs> The other part is the mental thing, right? Like mm -hmm. even when you find like the time and the quiet and the space to sit down and write or think or do what it is that you need to do, mm -hmm. your mind is constantly wandering over to him, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you can't even focus. So mm -hmm. it's like now I have the time to focus and I can't, you know, and I can't focus. And then when I don't have the time, it's frustrating because I had a goal today. I was going to write. I was going to finish this many pages or I was going to finish this many, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, it's five o'clock and he's been up and down crying and requiring your attention all day. So you didn't get anything done. Yeah. So it's like those types of things mm -hmm. are really hard for me to deal with because I just pride myself on productivity, you know, like yeah. any red blood American who <laughs> overworks themselves. So like. I have to rethink, I guess, what my value is. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like that I can be like a worker bee, is that I can find time and space to get whatever I need to get done. And if, you know, I don't accomplish a goal, you know, I'm still doing well because, you know, my primary focus is him and he's doing well. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's that, like that reminding kind of yourself that. Yeah. I mean, also, yeah. by the way, four and a half months, boo, you're doing very well. And I mean that from the you standpoint. Think so? Yes. First off, you're doing a lot. Like know that yeah. in a perfect world, as a woman, you know, as a as a person who gives birth and has to take care of a human, even with help, right? We should be able to let our bodies recover, let our minds mm -hmm. like catch up. As you mentioned, he is changing every single day. There is no, yeah. there is no pattern. <laughs> there is no, you know, formula. Mm -hmm. And so every day is different. As soon as you get into a rhythm, then there's a different growth spurt or regression, you know, like yes. four and a half months, girl. And, and you're doing all of that while working. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why I say you're doing well, number one, because you're you're juggling a lot and it's really, it, it's challenging and we don't give ourselves enough credit. Girl, I'm telling you, I got to tell myself. <laughs> No, I know. I know. But I feel like I'm constantly thinking of you because I always felt like, because I, I did not know anything about motherhood from the inside out, you know, like 
feel like you don't really know about motherhood until you are a mother for real, for real. At least that's my opinion, Mm -hmm. having been on both sides just very recently. (laughs) So I feel like, you know, what you, what you do know about motherhood is when you see your friends or you hear things or you read things. And so you are the the only mother that I have been like close to here in my adult life Mm -hmm. to like watch and witness and hear things from. And unfortunately you make things look very easy. Oh my so. God. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's a good and bad thing because I'm constantly <laughs> saying, well, I guess Cody went through this. And Girl, don't say that. Alive. Just call. Just call. <laughs> yes, I'm still alive. The kids are okay. But it <laughs> is not without its challenges. And the thing I learned, uh, the thing I did for probably still doing, I had to learn how to give myself grace because there was so much that I felt like I was doing wrong or not well or, you know, that I, that giving myself grace is like a constant now. Yes. And, and I got real comfortable saying, sorry, I'm late. Yeah. Like like every day, four times a day. Sorry, sorry, I'm late. Y'all this morning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like, it is what it is. All right, y'all, we are going to take a little pause right here to talk about joy. And something small that brought me joy this week was my weekly Target run. I was able to shop Black-owned and founded brands and get everything I need to bring me a little joy. And we're not talking about just in February. Through their Black Beyond Measure campaign, Target is celebrating the Black community all year round. It's important to make sure we all take a moment for joy every day. If you want to surround yourself with a little joy and help uplift and celebrate Black creatives and entrepreneurs, make sure to visit Target.com forward slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. You just booked a whole movie. I know. <laughs> so let's know. talk a little bit about like transitioning there. Because I think, I know even though you have been working on setting up features and you've written features, this will be the first that you're directing, right? Yes, technically. I had like a crazy situation as we all have. Yes. During the pandemic happened to me. Yes. So I was on my second day of directing my first indie feature and the pandemic happened. LA shut down. So, you know, I was like literally in the middle of directing my first feature, had prepped it, had spent so much time getting to that point, which if you know anything about the mm-hmm. film industry, people listening, it's hard to get to that point where you're like I shooting. I didn't realize it. you were on day two. I think I thought it was right yeah. before. No, we oh. we shot one full day. Oh. And I remember driving home from set that night. Hank had just started. A room that week. We mm-hmm. both started new things that week. And mm-hmm. he was coming home from his room and he said, they told us not to come in and we're going to be like meeting remotely. And I was like, really? And then, you know, you're in a bubble when you're on set because you're just like focused and mm-hmm. wired in. And so, you know, you're under a rock and then you come up from under that rock when you're done. And I start hearing like coronavirus, coronavirus, and mm-hmm. people are like shutting things down and taking it really seriously. Mm-hmm. And so I had this like, sinking feeling like oh my Mm. god and then the next day went back to work and you know we were still you know in the midst of setting up it was like 7 a.m and we got the call that we had to leave you know we were shooting in a, a high school and we we were told that the high school was sending everyone home and I was like okay cool so now we don't have to shoot around these kids you know like yeah you know because we we had been you know 
not shutting down the the high school itself. So we, you know, every time kids change classes, we had to kind of like pause. So I was just like, oh, okay, so that's fine. And they were like, no, 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 everyone has to vacate the building. And I was like, what? And so, yeah, we went home and then unsure of what was going to happen, still making plans to shoot the next day in a different location. And by that night, they were like, yeah, I've been on the phone with insurance companies and all these people and... Mm doesn't seem smart to continue. So yeah, so this this would be my first time back in the feature saddle right. since then. Wow. Okay. I did not realize it was day two, girl. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was so, it was pretty like ah! Yeah. With the <laughs> with the way this industry is, right? And like people set up things that fall apart. You could write yeah. a whole script and fundraise and never get it made. Yeah. And then add to that being like on set, making your movie, and then the dang um, pandemic shuts it down. Mm-hmm. Are you able to feel like anything is real? Or are you like, look, it's going to be real when we lock picture? You know what I mean? Like what, what makes something- Oh no, something- it's going to be real when we lock picture. <laughs> Got you. I'm in that stage of things. Only, and it's not yeah. me being a pessimist. It is truly me not having expectations, mm-hmm. which I think is a great thing in this industry. It is, yeah. Because things change and shift so much already, you know, I'm the very beginning of the prep process of this new movie mm-hmm. and, and the schedule has dramatically shifted, you know, mm-hmm. and changed and that's normal. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of like huge disappointments where you're like thinking something's going and it doesn't or unexpected things happen where, you know, it, even in dealing with the, the movie that shut down, we've tried maybe five or six times and set a restart date and and that and all of those dates have like fell through come and gone yeah and like some of those dates you know i'm like oh yeah it's happening it's happening yes 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 it's happening and then it doesn't happen you know and so i don't have expectations i hope for the best i think i leave with positivity but i'm also very clear that the journey is a journey things will change I have to be malleable and I have to be open to it changing and not be, can't help it, but try not to be disappointed or so attached to the idea of something that it rocks my world so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I understand. It's hard. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's this business, let alone the mm-hmm. dag pan- pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Taking it back a little bit to, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you grew up in Harlem. You went to mm-hmm. prestigious LaGuardia High School, which fame was based off of. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, all the things that you wanted to do and, you know, writing, directing, producing, acting, and going back to New York. You have done so much as far as writing and, and directing. Do you still want to be on camera? Yeah. You know, the, the thing that I used to get into USC was this like pilot that I shot. And I was like the lead actress in it. So I was like directing and acting and producing and mm-hmm. running a subway for craft services and doing like <laughs> all of that, right? Then I like acted in a few USC colleague shorts as well. And so when it came time to, you know, doing some of my more like professional shorts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I just felt like such a tremendous amount of pressure to direct and get it right and 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 have my focus kind of like, you know, zeroed and centered in on the production that I didn't, you know, opt to like write myself into anything. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll just 
I have like a few projects that I feel like I, I have like room and space to like squeeze a character in that I can play. So it's still on the horizon. It's just like finding the right time and the right project where I feel comfortable enough to do both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to appreciate all that you have accomplished professionally and personally when you look at your... No. No, I kind of feel like no. you were going to say that. I feel like you're very like, no. I have so much more to do. But do you Oh yes. Do you realize how how not just how much you've accomplished, but how much you have come out here and immediately I don't want to say done what you set out to do, but you are trailblazing this space for yourself, for your family, you know, mm-hmm. building a life off of what you love. Right. Mm -hmm. Being creative and succeeding professionally in film TV. I see your face. What are you thinking? No, thank you. That means a lot, especially coming from you. (laughs) Well, first and foremost, I try to always lead with gratitude. Mm -hmm. That's like as like my daily life mantra. Mm -hmm. Try to always be like grateful for everything that I have, even what I don't have, like, you know. I'm healthy. I have love in my life. I have Mm -hmm. from friends, from family. I'm, you know, able body, like all those things. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's just like always so important to never take those things for granted, especially like in this time. I feel like so many people have turned inward and been like, man, this pandemic really showed that like life is short and fragile. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've always had that attitude, but even mm-hmm. more so now. So I do try to always lead with gratitude, but I don't think it has like spilled into like gratitude towards or or acceptance towards myself. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm always like still really hard. Like, I feel like if you came to me, like, you know, as a friend and was like, Hey, I'm feeling bummed. I'm, I want to blah, 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 do this. I would like have no problem, you know, saying what you are amazing, Cody. And this is why. (laughs) Right. But I would like, do not have that ability to say that to myself. So that's just something that like I'm like growing and learning through because I've always been a hustler mm-hmm. and ambitious and crafty. So, you know, the expectation for me to do really great things is like normal to me. Mm-hmm. So when people say like, wow, you did this, that's great. I'm like, mm, but that's just normal for me, you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm looking to do something bigger and better. So yeah. that's the part that, you know, I have to kind of. And like Hank tells me too, like we were, we were at a wedding this weekend and he constantly reminds me because growing up in New York and then growing up in the community that I did, community meaning Harlem where I lived and mm-hmm. then the kids that I went to school with, yeah. everyone was exceptional. Yeah. And so it's hard when you grow up around that to know that that's not the norm. So like, you know, Fair. you know, all my friends, we were all the same as far as like ambition and being smart and being intelligent. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, you'll be experiencing this before I am, but I was telling, you know, the story to like one of our friends that like, I was very independent. So I would like do things and like set entire situations up and mm-hmm. then say to my mom, like, Hey, on Saturday, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, what, what girl, what? I'd be like, yeah. And it costs $12 and you got to drop me off at 10 o'clock and then pick me up at that time. And then here's the paper you got to sign and give it to the lady. And like, I would just hand her 
the thing. Like she yeah. didn't do anything. She didn't really have to do much for me. Mm-hmm. When I wanted to do things, I would just present it to her, hand it in a box. Yeah. And she would just have to do her little thing. So, you know, like that's what I'm used to. So, yeah. and I realized that most and I'm still like that. So I and I'm and yours and you're that very sounds much like about that. right. <laughs> you're very much like that. And I know you were probably like that as a kid too. Like your mom was just like, "Well, damn, you know, like she didn't already did all of this." So, I, you know, I'm not used to that being like, oh my God, you were able to pull that together. Like, I'm just like, that's what normal people do. But see, okay, so here's what stands out to me when you say that, right? Being at this performing arts high school where everyone's exceptional, and even the USC a bit, but I would argue maybe LaGuardia High School is probably even more focused in, in also because you're younger. So whatever you're doing as a teenager, (laughs) you know, at that level is exceptional. Do you think that that is an environment that pushes you to be great and that's good or an environment that might lessen your ability to recognize how exceptional, how great your talents and your abilities really are because you're surrounded by so many others where that, that like you said about me, where it seems easy, you know, do you like, mm-hmm. is it a yeah, positive think- or are there drawbacks? I think mostly positive. And that's just mm-hmm. my perspective. And the reason I think that is, you know, that's not just from like my point of view. I'm still very close with a lot of people that I went to high school with. And I think we all came out of it with a lot of pride. Yeah. With a lot of understanding of what we did at that time was important and what mm-hmm. the foundation was for us. And I look at all of my friends that I went to high school with, they're so successful. And I mm-hmm. I feel like that was a great foundation for us to understand what competition was. Like when you think about a performing arts high school, yeah. right? It's like you're coming from junior high and you were the star in your junior high school. So in Queens, in the Bronx, in the little PS210, in you know, lower Manhattan, these small little schools and in these outer boroughs and all of that, you were the star. Everybody was like anointing you. And then you got into this huge school. So that further like, you know, developed your sense of like, I'm gonna make it, I'm the best. And then you realize everyone here is the best, right? Mm-hmm. And some people yeah. are better than you, stronger than you in certain areas. And so then competition kicks in and you have to sink or swim because you're like, you know, this isn't Kansas anymore. And then, you know, you're 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 in this place and then the teachers, you know, by the time you leave, they literally are telling you when you go into audition, when you go on t- out into this world, if you go to, a, you know, another conservatory, you're going to be the best because we've made sure of that. So you just leave, you know, with just an immense sense of accomplishment and pride. And so I think it's all very much positive and a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some people we went to high school with didn't have that great experience and they they outright said it. They either dropped out or they just were like, oh, I hated it. There's definitely people who felt that way. But I think the majority of people felt like this set me up for success Mm -hmm. because I was challenged deeply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Tommy is, he is exceptional. Okay. He's an exceptional thinker and certainly did not go to a specific, you know, school for it, but I think sometimes doesn't recognize the uniqueness 
in him. And so kind of holds everyone to that same sort of, not to say we shouldn't all be great, but that same sort of Tommy yeah. exceptionalism. And sometimes I'm like, bro, I need no, you to that, that's though. that's the thing. <laughs> that's what Hank, like, he kind of showed me. Cause I was like, everybody, wow, like what? Like what mm-hmm. she sent this email, like, or he did that, or they wrote this, or they that's how they moving, like and oh, <laughs> unimpressive. And he's just like, Well, everyone's not like you. You gotta realize that. Like everyone doesn't do the kind of things you did, and they didn't go to LaGuardia. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like even mm-hmm. even socially, right? Like, mm-hmm. like whenever I bring Hank around, like my group of friends, and not just like LaGuardia people, but anyone like you, whatever. Like there's just so much, there's just so much sauce, right? Like so much flavor, you know, like you're, you, you know, he, you're like one of the first people that he met that was on my friends and you're beautiful and stylish and funny. And like, you know, you were already doing funny things, you know, when he <laughs> met you. Cause he's like, who's this girl behind me pointing to me? And doing I was definitely, stuff. I was doing all of that. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you're like a character. Right. And then he's, and then he sees you and he's like, your friends got a whole show on and they, she, what, what, when, the, what did, you know, when we first started dating, that's when Black Love came out and I'm like, this is Cody's show. She did her own show. Look at her. Like <laughs> the whole, her own show, honey, from her own little idea. And he's just like, goodness gracious. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, sometimes like when we, you know, when he talks about like people he grew up with or whatever, we'll, you know, like, you know, we'll meet them or whatever. They're just like a lot more like relaxed and like super normal. And then also it, it doesn't, you know, help when so many of my friends are in entertainment or some type of flashy, you know, career. And then, you know, we meet other people and they're just like, you know, I clock in nine to five, I do like whatever. And he's just like, uh, your friends are a lot. Like, you're, you know, not in a bad way, but yeah, like your yeah. friends are like jumping on the table. They're actresses. They're yeah. dramatic. And yeah. and some know. are actresses that also do interior design. Okay. Shout out. Yeah. No, that's one of the people that he constantly references, <laughs> like Nia, because he's just like, Nia is crazy. Right. He was like, she's got like so much energy and she's so expressive. He loves her. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, that's. Like, that's not normal. And I was like, all of my friends are like her. <laughs> He's like, that's not normal. Like, you know, most people aren't, don't have such flair, you know? And I'm yeah. like. So, okay. A few more questions about you, right? Because yeah. this is a pivotal time in your life, but also a time that follows just like so much growth and so much craziness because we all been through this pandemic. So right now in your life, what brings you the most joy? Slim taking a nap. <laughs> Is that simply because it's quiet and you get some stuff done or just the piece of no, like? No, not for honestly, not even just that. Like, you know, I feel like he's satisfied and happy if mm-hmm. he can lay down and go to sleep. And I, I agree. Feel like all is well in the world. He's growing. Yeah. He's resting. I fed him enough. And, you know, it's like a check mark of like. I'm doing well if he can like fall asleep and be peaceful. So it, it reflects onto me selfishly, make, making me feel like, you know, I'm not being a terrible mom. So that oh. that brings me a lot of joy. Well, just know that if he's not sleeping and he's screaming, you're still doing a great job. Okay, I promise. He might just be screaming because <laughs> his butt itch a little bit. You never know. It's not, it's not, oh you didn't do it, you know? <laughs> what do you wish you had spent more time doing five years ago? appreciating the journey. I think you you can attest to this. I, I think there are certain parts 
where I was like on the precipice of feeling like I got my foot in the door, but still felt like I was on the outside of things and just, you know, ang- being anxious about it. And that's a hard mm-hmm. feeling to not have, especially when you want something so bad or you feel like you're right there. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. appreciating the journey a little bit more and knowing that the things I want will come and trusting that they will come and not putting so much pressure on myself in the moment if they if they haven't materialized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think you can say that in hindsight because the things have come or can you say that knowing how much work you put in at that time and, and telling yourself it'll it'll all work out because I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do? I think one of the reasons why it felt I felt so anxious and worried is because again from childhood and you know for the most part like you know not every little thing but anything I said I wanted and put my mind to I got and got pretty easily and so this this is the mm-hmm. first time that things didn't come so easily to me and when I say easily it's not like you know I didn't mm-hmm. work hard for it I did you know I said I wanted something And I worked hard and I made it happen. And I think Hollywood is like one of those places and probably other industries as well, probably music and all of that. It's one of those industries where you can do all the work, put all the time and effort and energy into it, be super creative and things still not work out exactly how or when you want them to. Mm -hmm. That's just the nature of this Mm -hmm. business and it has nothing to do with you. And so that was a new lesson for me. Okay. So what failure or disappointment have you learned the most from? I think my disappoint I'll, I'll use that word, but it's not, that's not really the right word, but around mm-hmm. my disappointment, I'll say around my first foray into motherhood. So um, I think I told you this mm. a little bit. I'm not sure how much I um, we got to talk about it, but like I'm a planner and so I had like a whole birth plan and I had things that I wanted that I was like, must happen. <laughs> must happen. If you can. I'm sure all the moms are laughing and all of that went out of the window. Nothing happened the way I wanted it to happen, mm-hmm. the way I thought it would happen, the way I imagined. And everything was still great though, right? Like I have a healthy child and I'm healthy and all is well. So I think I've learned so much from that experience, even more so than anything professionally mm-hmm. I've ever been through. Yeah. It's definitely a metaphor for so much that we oh can't control. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mother yeah. Nature's going to do what she does and you just have to be along for the ride. And I yeah. was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So how do you define success? Happiness. And that is recent. That's recent. If you ask me like, even maybe I'll say pre-pandemic, I would say something and mean it. And I still kind of mean it like having money and being able to buy what I want to buy. Right. Like, or something like that. Right. Like, like (laughs) being comfortable or something, you know, around that, that area. And I still think that's successful because I still think that like, I'm very clear on, it's not like necessarily about like material things, but it's about being able to not 
you know, struggle and have have things that make you happy, you know, with ease. And and unfortunately, I'm, you know, I feel like that comes from just having some resources and means or something like that, right? It's, at least for my lifestyle, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm like expensive or whatever, um, right? <laughs> but the, 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 y'all New York girls, I know, okay? right? And I'm best from Harlem, so it's Brooklyn. like, look, I want to be able to eat the food I want to <laughs> eat and wear the clothes I want to wear and live where I want to live and be comfortable, and that would have been like my my idea of happiness or success. But I say mm-hmm. happiness, you know, I really did have an epiphany. I watched. Tina Turner's documentary. And mm, okay. for those of you who've seen it, you know that she now lives in this beautiful, beautiful uh, home in Switzerland. And when the cameras mm-hmm. went and visited her in her home, and you just see this like one shot of her sitting in a corner reading a book, and she's got this beautiful, loving husband, and it looked like the most peaceful existence I had ever seen in my life. And Hank and I were watching it together. And and it was right then and there we said, that's the goal. That looks beautiful. Mm. I'm in the corner reading a book. You're in the corner reading a book or doing something, playing a crossword puzzle. And it's peaceful and calming and beautiful and away from everything. And she seemed so happy in her life now because she's been able to carve Mm -hmm. out that place and space in her life. And so I realized that that's like what the goal is and should be. And so I'll be trying to find like my little pieces of Switzerland throughout my journey and then also (laughs) building towards that big, you know, end of the rainbow journey as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. I love that. So, you know, I always love talking to you and, you know, finding out what's going on and making sure you're good. So please don't think that anything I did was easy. Uh, It's still challenging and rewarding as hell. And these babies are amazing, but it's hard to juggle all this. And so, you know, I... I'm I'm a, I'm a little pained that you're like it looks easy, girls. It's it's not, but it's doable. I know it's not okay, but and it's a journey. It's a journey. Every day is different. Every year is different, mm-hmm. and you're killing it. You are killing it as a mama. You are killing oh, it by continuing to pursue your dreams and 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 grabbing them. Thank you. <laughs> so, thank I just, you. I, I wanted to. Who so are you? <laughs> And I appreciate watching you and being able to, and all the support and me being able to text you random questions like, is this normal? Or what'd you do when this happens? It's so helpful. So I appreciate you so much. And then I know it's like, oh, detrimental to make things look easy, but that's just you. You make <laughs> things look easy. You, I don't, you know, it's just you. So, you know, but I, I totally understand that it's not. And I totally love hearing when you know things don't work out for you because <laughs> it makes me feel like you know like when you're like so yeah, honest yeah. it's like well it didn't work out for Cody and like I will always know, tell the truth about fine. the things and yes we will be fine we have a love around us we have <laughs> wonderful people around us I mean both of us so you know I want to know I mean yeah. I know a little bit but you know what's next for you what should we be looking out for directing this film for Paramount is 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 the big thing that will take up a huge chunk of my time. Mm-hmm. This is the Cardi B movie? Yes, the Cardi B movie, Assisted Living. And mm-hmm. I'm writing and working on three pilots. We feel great about them. Mm-hmm. You know, that, it, you know, at least uh, like two of them are in great places to possibly see the light of day. So crossing our fingers on that. 
And finishing Young Wild Free, the film that I was making Mm -hmm. during the pandemic is also Mm -hmm. on the horizon. And having our wedding finally. Whoop, whoop. Isn't that crazy? Yay. And nothing is messing with that date, right? No, no. (laughs) Having our wedding, because that was also impacted by the pandemic. So I'm actually really looking forward to that because, you know, sometimes people look and say, you still having a wedding? And it's like, yes, we still want to, like the wedding was, was never like, to say we're together and that like cements mm-hmm. our relationship. It was always to celebrate with our friends and have fun. We were very clear on like this wedding is for everyone else and it's a party and it yeah. doesn't mean anything to our marriage necessarily, right? right so right. we're like, we're clear on that. And, you know, we're East Coasters, Hank and I made huge sacrifices to be here. So that means we've missed out on hanging out with our friends, seeing our friends and family. So this is important to us. So we're going to still have our wedding. And excited to see Slim turn one. Yay. I can't wait for both of those things. Yeah, next year. First year of motherhood. I'm excited about that. Yay. Checking that off. Okay. And everybody should be watching Love Life. And did you direct on this season of Insecure? What else can we watch right now? You can watch Love Life right now and Only Murders in the Building if you haven't watched it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say those are the two things for sure. But yeah, right. are more recent. All right, people. I want to thank Tembi for joining us today. She is one of my BFFs and now she's yours too. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Make sure y'all are following her at Spoonful of Sass on mm-hmm. Instagram, except she don't post nothing. So if you go to her page, find her husband. He posts all the things. Yes. And, yes. <laughs> and yes. show them some love. Okay. Yes. And if y'all have anyone you think should be my new BFF, let me know over at at Cody Co. on Instagram. Tell a friend about the podcast, My New BFF, so that they can find their new BFF.